This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to Global Leadership Platform and our Leadership Masterclass, which is Multiplying Leaders in Moving Society. I'm Kevin Farquharson, and with me today from the Leadership Platform is Louis Grunewald, the old man. Hi, Kevin, and, and Theo, of course. Looking forward to today's session once again. Yes, and as you've heard, our monthly visitor, our monthly contributor to our global leadership platform is Professor Theo H. Feltzman. Welcome, Professor, again. Thank you very much for having me, and welcome, um, also uh, good day to the uh, listeners. Excellent. So for those of you who haven't met uh, Professor Thalsman before, he's a work psychologist. He's a visiting professor and a former HOD of the Department of Industrial Psychology and People Management, School of Business and Economics at the University of Johannesburg. He's an extraordinary professor at the University of Stellenbosch Business School and a strategic people effectiveness advisor. And he's also an author. He's written quite a number of books and obviously articles like the one we're going to discuss today, which our theme is a glaring gap in the valuation of organizations, leadership capital. Would you like to bring us in and, and set the scene for us, please, dear? Yeah. I, I think, uh, Kevin and Louis, um, what is very important nowadays that that uh, in order to have a view on companies, uh, independent observers, assessors place value on a company. And uh, the term that gets typically used is what capitals are available in the company to give it a competitive means in its process of creating sustainable wealth for its stakeholders. Uh, a typical, uh, uh, the, the way, the typology that is available and, and, and is used as physical and financial and intellectual capital. So what is the status of the company in terms of the value you can place on its physical, its financial and its intellectual capital? Now, in, in, a, in, a, in a knowledge economy, as we have, 80% of the value of, of assets of companies have become uh, intangible. Mm -hmm. So intellectual capital has become the primary capital of companies. Uh, and, and typically it's unpacked the intellectual capital in terms of human capital, relational capital uh, and structural capital. But my contention and, and, and my uh, worry is is that nowhere is is in uh, leadership capital as a critical uh, capital or value uh, of of organisations emphasised at all. There's a little bit of an exception to that, which I will we can discuss later on. But in generally speaking, nowhere leadership capital is mentioned. And, and that's a really, really interesting thing because um, everybody is focusing. Um, I know in an interview recently with uh, Greg Solomon, he mentioned that we have enough leaders. We just don't, don't have leadership in South Africa. And, uh, and I thought that was a very, very intriguing, very interesting comment um, that we have people who proclaim to be leaders, but the leadership is actually getting down and doing the leader part of leaders or the leadership part of leaders is just not there. So I, I, I like that. Uh, Theo, uh, as will come out in the discussion today, um, um, this is simply not just simply about uh, evaluation of the organizational leadership capital. Um, it's, it's very much about uh, the sense of security and belonging and, uh, and value that each individual can have. If they have a sense that their organization is really investing and is, uh, is pretty proud of its uh, leadership capital, it has a profound impact on your loyalty and your creativity. This will come out in the discussion, won't it, Theo? Yes, I think uh, what you're alluding to, uh, Louis, is, is that like your physical, your financial, your intellectual capital, is, is leadership capital must also be one of the crown jewels, must seen as one of the crown jewels of the organization. And I mean, you, one looks very carefully and, and, and uh, at one's crown jewels and protect and polish them and make sure that they, they, they actually grow. And that is currently what we're not doing. Uh, with one exception, again, I want to emphasize is what I'll come to. Because we focus in one direction, which we kind of include in one place, but we don't 
function or look at what I think is the critical part of, of, of leadership capital within as an intangible intellectual asset of, a, of an organization. Okay. I think we should go ahead, Theo. I'm looking forward to running through this. Um, it's a bit, uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, your notes uh, very much and it gave me a sense of deeper understanding of the, of the need for us to, to professionally evaluate our leadership capital as well. Yeah. So I, I think firstly maybe where we must start is it's good to talk about the criticality of leadership capital, but why is it mission critical? Uh, the way we're going to discuss it. And I think, for me, leadership is about the future. It is about imagining a possible futures for the organization, for the institutions, and then actualizing those uh, a chosen, shared, desired future. So if you ain't got a future, you ain't got – I mean, if you don't think about the future and you don't have the leadership that thinks about that future, you ain't got a future. And, and that's the essence for me why leadership capital is so important. Do you have the right level, the right quality of leadership uh, capital that will engage proactively uh, in that future with others such that you will be a, become an architect of that future and secure a sustainable future for you, uh, for the organization, such that you can continue in delivering value and wealth uh, to your stakeholders? Um, and and if you ignore that, then you will become a victim of your future because you will only uh, um, react to the future and the future will be imposed on you. You will really be and truly become a victim of your future. So it's about the future that you're talking about here if you talk about your leadership capital. Uh, Theo, when you put it that way, it makes me uh, ask the question, can one really speak of an authentic vision? And we know all of us how important uh, most of the top of Boffins uh, uh, emphasize the need for a believable vision that carries one along. Uh, what you're saying, if, if one tries to develop that kind of vision without an authentic understanding of your leadership uh, capital, then it could be a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a gamble. Not so. Well, very much so. You won't have, won't be able to think in a in a really innovative, imaginative way about the future. It will be more of the same from the present into the future, and we know the future is not going to look the same. What we really need is invert that process, where leaders, because of the capital you have available in them, are looking at the future first, and then coming into the present to make it happen in the present realizing that future in the present. The days are gone by, Louis and, and Kevin, where you can start with the present, and we've made this point many a times before in this master, in our master classes, where you can only merely look at the present, extrapolate in the future, and, and think you're okay. You have to start with the future, and then come decide what that future would be, and then come into the present to to convert, transform the present to, to become that future. I I just want to mention for the listeners that uh, uh, Theo has also always been unique and uh, one of very few uh, uh, schools at his level to really focus on leadership. Uh, uh, Theo, is it correct, your statement, that uh, the leadership capital does not feature uh, at all or very rarely in academic literature um, on capitals? Is that, the, uh, is, that, is that what you have found out? Within the context of putting a value on organizations, there is a view that's present in the academic literature where you talk about your leadership capacity as if that's the only way to look at your leadership capital. And I want to add to that. I want to say that's the tangible part. You know, organizations talk about their leadership pipeline, having the right leaders in the right place at the right time, which is fine. You, you need to put that in place in order to, to be able to do it. But there's another element, the intangible part of your leadership capital that's not being emphasized. Often we see when, uh, in, in practice, when organizations uh, uh, do uh, consider mergers and acquisitions, they would look at the leadership capital of the organization. But then often again, just in terms of the, uh, the, the quality of the leadership pipeline. But, but, um, so I, I think we have to broaden 
and and add the, the the missing part in leadership capital to our discussion in putting valuation on organizations from a capital perspective it, it also happens that as one does that and this exercise has proven to me uh one's in-depth understanding of leadership also uh, increases quite dramatically um, because leadership is an incredible subject. Uh, Theo, from this point of view, now why is leadership capital mission critical? Well, I think for the reasons we've mentioned in terms of that it entails the future, securing a future, you've talked about the security of the future, you talk about inspiring future, and that can only come about if you have a, a good high-level quality of leadership capital in your organization, uh, the intangible part, um, which uh, we'll discuss in a moment. Something that I wanted to ask, and hopefully if this is um, hopefully not digressing too much, but it's interesting that you talk about the in the, in the opening, you talk about intellectual capital. A lot of the intellectual capital we have is actually in the leaders, isn't it? Uh that's partially true, but also, uh, Kevin, in, in your people, hey, uh, because that's uh, why a lot of people are talking about power to the people, so to speak. It's in their creativity, their knowledge, their expertise, and that's why the engagement of your people attracting the right talent have become so important. Because in a knowledge economy, if the people go, if they leave your organization, that, that uh, part of the intellectual capital is gone. It may sit in patent rights and brand, but to move you forward in terms of the creativity and ingenuity of your people, that sits with the people. And so that's why the leadership capital is also essential because people generally leave because of the leadership. So whether if they in, so if your leadership is right up there and great, people then don't want to leave. They've been looked after, taken care. They will even give more of themselves because the leadership capital is mission critical, as I would like to put it. Well, you know, your typical surveys that are coming through on employee engagement uh, and, and the figures, uh, you know, kind of vary, but the ballpark figures are roughly the same globally. It's about 70%. Of your 60 to 70 percent of your employees are neutrally engaged, and what we understand by that is they 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 do what is in their job description and nothing more. Then about 15 percent are really positively engaged. They are going the extra mile. They are putting in that creativity, that innovation into their companies. So they're highly engaged. And then on the other side of the distribution, you have about 30, 15 to 20% of employees that are negatively engaged. Now, there are two negative engagements here. The one is passively, passively, I mean engaged, so you, you, you just want to touch, you do your eight and you hit the gate, so to speak. Uh, actually, with, you've withdrawn already. So you're not even making a true contribution. And part of that 15 to 20% negatively engaged are people that are deliberately sabotaging you. Uh, the, the one negative group has withdrawn. The other one is actually out to sabotage you. And it's all about leadership, how you move the people through the neutrally engaged, uh, well, get rid of the people that are negatively engaged, and you move the people from uh, the neutrally engaged, which they, they are there, to highly positively engage its leadership. You're right. Uh, you see, uh, Prof. Theo keeps on um, emphasizing quite passionately uh, that we now are starting to, or learning, or have to learn to cope with the with the the organisation of the future. And uh, so, what is saying about uh, that leadership will generate that kind of climate is, is so critical. People become pretty professional. In making the right sounds, you know, around us, um, saying things that are politically and socially and organizationally correct. And they often don't even recognize in their own heart that there's no passion. You know, we tend to apply little techniques from the side and say, how do you feel about coming to work on Monday, for instance, just to, to help people understand how do they really feel? And this is a, a prime function of the leadership that Theo is talking about. Theo, to quote you, you were saying, Leadership capital 
must be placed at the same level as the other primary capitals. In other words, your physical capital, your financial capital, and your intellectual capital organization. Um, you say that in your document. Is that uh, correct? That's correct. So I would like to see in future, or not I would like to see, but I believe what we should see in order to place a correct, accurate true value on an organization is that there must be an assessment of its physical capital in the sense what it owns. Um, secondly, it, there must be a, a view on its financial capital, how financially sound is the organization, is it a going concern in terms of its assets and liabilities from a, uh, from a financial perspective. Thirdly, its intellectual capital, the skills of their people, the, the insights of their people, the ingenuity, how the organization is set up, its relationships. And finally, then the fourth category, if class uh, of of um, of um, capital must be leadership capital. What's our view on the leadership capital of the organisation in being able in the present uh, taking the company into that desirable future and making it happen? See, Theosin, from my perspective, you know, from practical point of view, um, whenever there's anything like a key change, a dramatic change, uh, then. You, you, One's immediate tension should be rivet on what kind of leadership capital do you have to bring about that change. Now, what you're saying is we can guarantee one thing in future, and that is change. So, therefore, um, if things are stable, what does that mean? You know, uh, the, the whole concept, we've discussed this several times in the past with you too, uh, Theo, you know, the, the idea of stability. Uh, we must change and understand our stability lies in the intellectual knowledge and wisdom in order to be flexible and uh, be able to adapt to the necessary changes. But the first question I would ask is now when you, for instance, in the case of an acquisition, as example, man, we've seen so many acquisitions go wrong because of so-called cultural differences, etc. But it's not just acquisition, it's any kind of change. You've got to change your attitude towards the market. Your competitors are giving you a hard time. There are government regulations that may be um, uh, at fault as far as you're concerned. Whatever the case may be, there could be political situations and instability. So all that speaks the language of change and therefore leadership takes an ever increasingly important role in the world of change. Not so, Theo? I, I think so. And I would even, although we've now said that these four capitals must be at the same level, I would even go so far, uh, Louis and Kevin, to say that leadership capital actually is the trigger, the catalyst, the, the effective deployer of the other three capitals. I mean, you can have all the best technology in the world. You can have the be financially sound at a given point in time. You can have very high levels of intellectual capital. But if the leadership is not there to mold these capitals together, to get the synergies, to keep them at the same levels, to nurture them, then those capitals will become rapidly eroded and disappear. So you hear, I mean, can I give one or two examples? Kodak was the biggest photo uh, company in the world. They, they invented digital cam, uh, photo, photography. They did not pay heed to that. So what happens? They closed down. So they had all the technology. They were financially very strong. But because their leadership was not future-orientated, future-foresightful, they then disappeared. And a company like Instagram came about with 14 employees and, so to speak, take, took over their market niche. IBM nearly folded because they invented the, the, the PC, but their view was mainframe. So they had, they was a rich company, but because the leaders didn't have the, the necessary leadership capital to look at the future, they nearly folded. I, I was a, 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 a management partner of a company that's evolved heavily in that situation with the, the IBM experience and the Wang experience in those days too. And, uh, IBM, when it invented his PC, it became the world standard. And suddenly it made a dramatic difference. And IBM took a serious step from being the dominant company. I mean, they, uh, they gave, uh, gave, gave over that dominance as well. Exactly that reason. I just want to mention, uh, Theo, um, we, what I find exciting about your, your discussion now is that 
we often help people define leadership in a different way because, you know, everybody has their pet understanding. We say leadership is that part of every person that enables them to move situations in a positive direction. So what we're saying, if you want to make sure that all your other capitals, your other resources, your strengths are, are kept up to date and to be competitive, then it's a leadership part that does that. So leadership is that part of us that enables us to 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 move a situation in a positive direction. For instance, a doctor um, has got all the technical knowledge engineer has, but quite frankly, he's worth nothing until he can put it into practice. Uh, and we all accept that. But the truth is that part which enables us to put our knowledge into practice, that's the leadership part. And what you're saying also from that point of view, it becomes the most important capital, especially in this, this significantly changing environment that we're involved with. Yes, I can only but agree, Louis, to that, what you said. And I think important, if I may just uh, add to that, is that it's no longer the leader and equating the leader to your leadership capital, it is shared leadership. It is the collectivity. As you said, everyone becoming a leader and, and a leader in a certain way. So you're looking at the collectivity of the leadership capital in an organization from the lowest level, the supervisor or the person in his personal situation becoming a leader and, and, and telling all of that up in a cumulative sense to say this is the status of the leadership capital of the organization. I mean, take one practical example. It's fine. Your budget gets approved at the top. Who spends the budget? It happens at the bottom of the organization. So if those leaders, there is there's not leadership capital at the bottom, the budget goes to waste. Oh, we want one great leader. I'm not sure if he wants his name mentioned. We've been dealing with quite a bit. You mentioned, and we did a strategy planning session with him, Theo, and he's mentioning the fact, he says the leader can't be perfect, but the team can. Um, he had a strong orientation uh, towards building a strong team or teams around him. So uh, that's true. There's a tremendous dynamic to good team. I think you've spoken that many times before. And this to build, we discussed it a session or two ago about how to develop that team team dynamics um, and just bears out the point and part of leadership capital is to understand that it's not just the charming strong leader at the top uh, on the contrary uh, we need a whole leadership culture from this point of discussion uh, could you take us through a discussion on what is an appropriate perspective from which to view leadership capital uh, uh, Louis Kevin you need a set of glasses to look to frame leadership capital appropriate. And I would like to propose that we look at leadership in, uh, from the perspective of what I would like to call a leadership ecosystem. It is a kind of a complexity perspective on leadership, and it says if you can visualize a triangle with leadership sitting in the center and then being in relationship to others, like uh, the, the, the others could be followers, could be stakeholders, could be opponents. That's a one uh, a point of the, uh, of the triangle. The second point is the organization in which the leader is embedded. And the first, uh, third point of the triangle is the context. And that these three, uh, with the leadership in the, in, the, uh, in the middle, interact all the time in a very organic living system way. And that you have to understand leadership capital because it's nurtured in these four relationships of the leader to himself, to others, to the organization, the context. Uh, and it actually that the capital, these sub elements of the leadership uh, or classes of the leadership uh, um, capital uh, interact and is grown relative to one another. It's like an investment portfolio. Hey. Um, and, and what the market does affects what you, where you've got investment in this part or that part. So these things move in tandem. So uh, the set of glasses I would like to propose is that of the leadership ecosystem, uh, where you want to create synergies in terms of the different categories and classes of leadership capital. I think that suffice in terms of giving a little bit of a conceptual framework, a perspective from which to look at capital. So... Then we have to move to the categories and classes of leadership capital that populate uh, that leadership ecosystem. Can I just mention one thing, uh, Theo? Uh, our discussions with Theo, you know, 
tend to be different to many other discussions. We tend to focus a lot on specific things when we deal with many other leaders and obviously on strengths and weaknesses. The relationship with you is unique in the sense that he looks at a, a full picture. That's what his expertise is, and that was he's known as being academic leader and in practice known, quite frankly, throughout the world in many ways. What it does indicate as well, over and above the need for positive leadership, which he feels very strongly about it, visionary leadership, etc., is the fact that Theod points out regularly facets that we come along the way that can cause one to make serious mistakes. And believe me, mistakes in, in any government, and especially in the business world, um, is very costly. So uh, when we go through these points, it's a lovely experience to, to measure things you haven't thought about before. So we can become aware, possibly, of some encroaching mistakes in our in our leadership uh, uh, make makeup, which is, is life itself in many ways. It's also very exciting to get a feel that one starts increasing your own understanding of the bigger picture. Leadership is very much about the bigger picture. Thanks, Theo. You want to? Yeah, I, I, Louis, if I may, I, I see my role. Uh, really to contribute a forward-looking thought leadership, make a forward-looking thought leadership contribution. Uh, where's the thinking going around leadership? Maybe putting it in a, in a systemic way together because, I mean, this, the, the literature on leadership is, is just exploding. And, and it's so difficult to find a way through. So try to distill some of the essence of where the thinking is going, uh, going forward around leadership. You see, uh, we at Leadership Platform, of course, uh, have a strong component of, of wisdom we've learned in the past, and that is that it's about learning from people who know what they're talking about. And it's, it's, it's a never-ending excitement for us to come in contact with people and give you insight into specific areas. So, Theo, I appreciate your role. Please, Theo, just discuss now these categories. Well, I think now we're really focusing on leadership, uh, Kevin and, and, and Louis, uh, uh, itself, leadership capital. You can distinguish between categories and classes of leadership uh, capital in, in, in my own thinking. The one is, is the, the categories are two categories. The one is kind of the quantitative and the qualitative view of looking at leadership quality, uh, uh, capital. The qualitative, uh, 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 the quantitative one is, um, is really to look at your leadership capacity that you're building in the organization. What a leadership capacity have you got in terms of the right leaders in the right places at the right time? So it's your leadership pipeline that you're looking at. And, and a lot of companies do do that, give them that credit, and they look at it through a strategic talent planning process. But it's only, can I call it, <laughs> I want to put it a little bit crudely, uh, crudely uh, the bodies of leadership you have in the, uh, uh, have you got the right bodies? But it's not looking at the second category, and that's what's being neglected, and there's this glaring gap. I want to call it the leadership excellent, the quality of leadership excellence you have in your organization, which is for me more critical in the final instance uh, as your leadership capacity, your pipeline, because that is truly uh, the leadership excellence, uh, um, leadership excellence capital is, is uh, leadership in action. What effect does leadership have uh, in, 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 uh, in actually taking up the leadership role and delivering on that? And I don't know what you first want to comment on the two categories before we go into the classes of, of leadership excellence uh, uh, capital. Well, Theo, uh, I find this quite funny, but how many times have I sat in meetings and the leader um, starts a subject and you can see the light goes out of his eyes when <laughs> he gets a response from his people. Otherwise, the bodies are there. But the uh, qualitative leadership excellence, oh, man, is not necessarily there. So this is the challenge of leadership. It really is. And often companies will put the quantitative people in place. 
But the qualitative and bringing out the best in those leaders just doesn't happen. And often they either get dismissed or they resign because they, those, those skills that they have that are hidden that they probably don't even know themselves are not being brought out because there's no qualitative leadership. You're, you're quite right. I mean, you would talk to the company and they're very proud of how many successes they've, they're growing to succeed the executives of the company. They talk about the number of hypos they have in terms of leaders, the number of uh, people they're attracting as young leadership talent in the company. But it is a, it's a, a, a numbers game and it says nothing about what happens, so to speak, where the tire hits the, 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 the road or where the, at the coal face how that leadership is being put in action and the quality of, of what that leadership is is doing and whether they're building up or actually destroying uh, the leadership capital of the organization yeah, very true so so i mean if we can move on uh, louis uh, uh, what are then the elements of of the the, the classes of leadership excellence capital and i would like to propose five classes and please you must come in at whatever point you want to maybe i must first uh mention the five classes and then we can unpack them progressively the first one is virtuous uh leadership uh, excellence uh, capital uh, that's about the leader himself the second one that i would like to call uh, as as a, um, a class of leadership excellence capital is followership the third one is execution capital. The fourth one is energy capital. And the fifth one is goodwill capital. Um, so I believe there are five of these capitals that make up your leadership excellence capital. The first one, the virtuous capital, if I may proceed with that one, which relates to the leader himself. It is pertains, pertains to the integrity what is the view of the integrity of the leader that is leading this company in the market? It's the character. It's about the, um, is this a, a person that is honest, trustworthy as a total person? A person that's being good, doing the good, ensuring the good, is doing the right things for the right reasons and the, with the right people. It, so it's about how the leader themselves are seen in terms of the virtue that they present in terms of their character and and uh, integrity. Theo, I, I just want to emphasize again from experience um, Theo speaks about it's about the virtue capital, it's about consistently being good, doing good and it's sure that good regardless of the persons and circumstances involved. We call it integrity, we call it authenticity, many things like that. Um, uh, leaders obviously are sometimes skeptical of people speaking too much about goodness. In other words, people who speak too much about they are good people, one is wary of them, it's like a person says no, he's always honest. Uh, I found that real honest people are very wary of making that kind of claim because it's a constant process mm -hmm. of character. So uh, let's be very wary of being apologetic about respecting the goodness of being good, doing good as well. People sense it. Whether you use the word or not as a leader, it's not the point. People sense strongly. You know, people will, I've, I've found, Theo, will be very, very forgiving about leaders who make mistakes and apologize because they sense their essential goodness, their integrity. And this is a wonderful attribute for a leader to have. Now, the problem, if you don't have that, then and you start losing the virtuous capital it's extremely difficult in a modern environment with all the social expression and the freedom of especially our country that's given to every individual it's very difficult to gain that or regain that yeah, I mean if I can add a little bit to that uh, Louis well these are the leaders that you know exactly where you stand with them and you know exactly not their particular decisions but from a value stance and core belief stands, if they have to make choices, what kind of choices they will make. It will be ethical choices. Um, it, is, uh, it doesn't say it's sometimes not tough choices, but they make the, as I've said, the right choices for the right reasons at the right time. Um, and you know they, they, they will do it consistently so. Theo, um, the, the truth is that sometimes we listen to 
comments of leaders and we measure it according to a standard of social and political correctness. And people, uh, the more you come in contact with leaders, the more you realize that doesn't say much about the person. They make the right comments. Uh, I mean, many of the top politicians of the world don't say a word out there. That's different to Trump, by the way, <laughs> and we can argue about that. But the truth is they say the right things all the time. But what people sense or want to sense is what's in the heart. Are they consistent? Um, uh, is the integrity there? Can you trust them? And and uh, and that's the kind of person you're prepared to accept the fact. They may not always be perfect, but by the integrity you respect so highly. Not so, Theo. Yeah, I, I think just to give you one practical example of such a leader, such a leader will report the performance of the company if they got this high level of virtual, uh, virtual uh, virtuosity, if that's the correct pronunciation. They'll put the, the figures on the table 100% as they are. They won't tie, you know, it was an unfortunate mistake here or is a temporary deviation from this is the situation we face and it's tough. You know you can trust the figures um, and they, you don't have to delve deeper. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I read an article on a business, uh, how business journalists relate to leaders and they say, Leaders, they, uh, the moment they detect that a leader has this, uh, is virtuous, is honest, is always the same, uh, they will share with him. Like in the case of um, what is his name, uh, uh, Joffe, when they he was interrogated by a business journalist around the p- price they paid for Adcock Ingram, he said straight out, "Sorry guys, we made a mistake. We paid too much for the company." The business journalist says. Uh, immediately the story goes away because he shared it honestly. If he now tries to know, you know, we, we see some hidden value in the company still to be realized and there's potential that we really can add value, they go for your throat because they know you spin doctrine uh, 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 and massaging the figures to make yourself look good. He said, if they get st- share it straight, there's no story. We go away. We, we report it like that and it's dead. Of any further pursuit. See, we've interviewed many leaders, some right at the top, and quite frankly, one or two of them, quite a few of them, um, would made mistakes and immediately admit it. And in many cases, the, the the social comment just goes away. It does because you know there's no uh, no contention there. I mean, etc. Whereas other people rationalise it and they come out with the truth. After being forced to come out with the truth And then of course Boy the media loves that And so we find Nowadays in our political arena Several things like that Things are coming out That have been dormant for years And suddenly people find that You know it's very difficult To compensate for that So again integrity is is vital Mm. (laughs) Uh, I mean this capital To all sum it up It's about your ethical credibility uh, that you carry. It's about your reputation that you have in the market. Uh, how people respond to that and see, sorry, see your reputation in the market. Should we move on to the second capital yes, of great. leadership excellence? It's follower capital. Uh, I would like to call it followership capital. Uh, it is leadership is about having followers. If you ain't got followers, you haven't got leadership. But so that's important. But even more important for this capital is what kind of le- followers are you attracting and are following you and embracing the cause that you stand for, the quest that you pursue. Uh, because uh, you uh, you can have the wrong followers that are following you. And often a time we've made the point in this uh, leadership masterclass is sometimes more important to look at who's following the leader and in, in, as an indication of what the leader stands for than look at the leader, him or herself. So it is the quality of the followers that identify with you and embrace the the future you stand for and then work with you to realize that future, understanding who they are and what the reasons they are. So very often leaders pant, what's a tamper, hey, is that the word, to certain followers. And I mean, look at what Trump has done, if we may use him. He's, he's attracting a certain kind of follower that is is really, if you look at those kind of followers, their profile, you could ask, is this the right kind of followers that you want to actually follow you? Um, 
And I mean, it's about the legitimacy they give you as a leader. It's alignment of expectations. It's about the trust they have in you. And, and, and you have to build that legitimacy as a leader amongst your followers, align the expectations and build up the trust in order to give you the space in which you can exercise uh, your leadership and, and realize that desirable future. Yeah, Theo, you use the acronym LET for legitimacy expectations and trust and that's quite handy to remember so it's let who uh, who are the followers that uh, uh, lets you to uh, to to follow them uh, you as a leader and sometimes when you look over your shoulder um, maybe those are not the followers you want so um, the leadership excellence capital here is an assessment of what qualif- uh, followers uh, is the leadership attracting and, and, and is actually supporting him. Theo, the, the oldest style was that we have these jam-packed meetings with quick, quick uh, flying agenda, etc., and quite frankly, often encouraging a, a yes-man spirit. And perhaps it worked at one stage, it can't work anymore, because you must be able to think and work things through and allow people to learn. And that's a communication process. So you won't develop a let, a let kind of ability if you don't give time to people from that point of view. Remember this one company was famous because it never had a sitting meeting. All its executives would stand. Now, that's perhaps the old-style American style, but imagine... Uh, the CEO demanded and he got full obedience, whatever that means, all the time. Because how can <laughs> you just uh, cram these meetings and expect the people to go ahead and be creative and confident and trusting as well? So we, we must invest, develop this kind of, uh, of fellowship capital, Zio. Yeah. The third one, uh, Louis and Kevin, is what I would like to call execution capital in terms of leadership uh, uh, excellence capital. This is the leader that's built up a track record to make things happen. Uh, They are able to use that expression, bring the bacon home. And they've got a a, reputation where they get involved, things will happen. That desirable future will be actualized. Um, It's how they actually mobilize resources, uh, bring people together, uh, um, plan, deploy, apply. Um, They've got a reputation in terms of the capital that they invoke, that where they get involved, the right things will happen at the right time. I mean, it's so interesting, uh, General Electric in its heyday, when it was known for the excellence of its leadership, when one of the senior executives, uh, it will, became public knowledge that he or she was going to move to another company, maybe as a CEO or in a senior executive position, the share price of that company started moving positively even before that leader arrived there because they, they were known in the market to make things happen in the right way for the right reasons uh, and to create wealth consistently so. Yeah, often there was there was people in where I worked, whether I was junior or middle management, or just a normal employee. You would always hear, "Yes, go to him because he will make it happen. Go and talk to him because he will listen to you." Whatever it it is, a very and it's very well known in the employees, the bottom. If you want to call the bottom of the rung, the employees they know who of those leaders have got that execution capital. Uh, Theo, in our country, of course, there are many good examples. If you think the response of the market to appointment of our ministers of finance, especially last year, up and down, depending on the situation may be, but it goes back to that, that uh, the virtuous capital and, of course, the fellowship capital as well. So people respond very quickly, especially nowadays, to that kind of thing. Uh, I mean, just to build on your example, how often don't don't we see at the end of the public sector financial year, and we look at at, at metros and municipalities, half of the capital budget has not been spent. I mean, that's all about execution capital. You've had the budget, 
In some cases, I don't think we can claim poverty in some cases. But in some cases, it's either people don't uh, have the execution capital to deliver, to make the capital work, we're talking financial capital here, or they 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 turn it into waste. Um, and they don't build the schools that we need. But the money is there. The capital is there. Or they don't improve the health system. They don't make it happen. And so I think this capital is critically important uh, as an element, uh, a class of capital for leadership excellence. Does does the organization with its people, uh, its leadership, has it got the leadership that will think, make things happen, like Kevin has referred to in his example? Tied in with that, of course, is your next category of energy capital, not so. Yeah, uh, energy is, is really an intangible capital that's become important. And, you know, the most practical just example to me uh, immediately illustrate this capital is when Ramaphosa, President Ramaphosa, took over as president of the country. Immediately there was another kind of energy in the country. Uh, so leaders build what is being called also psychosocial capital. That's the capital of, of hope and, and, and uh, uh, passion and caring and faith and confidence, efficacy, security, which you've mentioned earlier on, Louis, courage and perseverance. People believe in the future. They have hope for the future. It's just this positive vibe. Uh, the negative side of that is, and which is very destructive, is and leaders also build that kind of energy, which is, <laughs> it's not an absence of energy, it's really a, a negative energy that also works against uh, achieving things, and that's the energy of despair, dis, uh, disbelief, pessimism, cynicism, alienation, uncertainty, being disillusioned, uh, having uh, uh, feeling insecure and doubt, and it also affects what can be done. So we have to look at the energy and whether it's positive, uplifting, that leaders bring about and build and sustain in the organizations in terms of their leadership excellence. Flung from that also, you mentioned uh, the goodwill capital. Of course, this is your heritage, I think. Uh, That that is the organizations. This is the final uh, class of leadership excellence capital it's about leaderships uh, organizations stand in relationship to their stakeholders and for their stakeholders they have to meet their needs uh, uh, look after the interest through the value that the organization unlocks and the wealth that it creates and through its engagement with its its uh, um, uh, stakeholders leadership build goodwill and the goodwill opens up spaces for them to have access to opportunities, have access to resources. Um, and the organization is seen, if you have a high level of goodwill, it's seen as reputable, legitimate, credible, and trustworthy. Um, and, and you allowed then as leadership to take certain risks, to go for daring, more daring visions, because the goodwill is there amongst your stakeholders, like your shareholders. Um, so, so they trust you for what you do and they allow you to move. And you remember the Shauna saying that I've quoted so often in this uh, masterclass, the power of the fishes in the water. The goodwill gives you the power in which you can move as leadership as the fish. And without that, you can't move. Uh, it also imputes certain, uh, uh, as I said, credibility to your company and trust in your company, your organization. Yeah, the goodwill, of course, is very much a product of. In other words, all the other um, investments we discussed here, um, if done with great honesty, integrity, results in the goodwill capital. One can so often sense and feel goodwill. Obviously, one can measure it in some ways. But see, um, it's, it's a lovely experience walking into teams, uh, organizations even, and you sense a spirit of goodwill will there. Um, really, it, it, it's a place you want to be at as well. And I believe that the quality of, of life of the people involved, all stakeholders, are impacted quite dramatically by that sense of goodwill. But it's the result of many other things, not so, Theo. Yeah, yeah. Theo, now in terms of the 
Well, how do you go about doing it? You use the term the necessary investment enablers. Others, what must we do to nurture this kind of leadership? Yeah, leadership capital doesn't come down the mountain or from the the, the uh, from 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 heaven. Just as if you can just hand hold your your hands and it'll rain into your your hands if you hold out your hands. You have to work at it. You have to nurture it and grow it. And I would like to suggest five, can I call it investment enablers, that you, you have to apply, organization have to apply to grow the leadership uh, 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 capital. The first one is investing the abilities of your leadership, both hard and soft, um, and, and understand the context in which you have to deliver and the relevance of that that. Uh, uh, abilities that you have to grow in your leaders. So it's having, you know, to put it in the normal uh, term that's used on the on on the street, so to speak. What are the leadership competencies you need in your company to take it into the future, to get it future fit? The second one is uh, is leadership intelligence, uh, and uh, it's not only the the mental intelligence, so to speak, but it's actually the ability, the savvy. Growing the savvy in the leaders, how to engage with the context successfully in a in a wise manner, and and it's about uh, uh, the intelligence modes of intra and interpersonal uh, intelligence. It's the emotional intelligence. It's systemic intelligence. Understanding the uh, investing in in leaders being able to understand the big picture. It is investing in the I, I, uh, the leader's ability, capability to be dream big dreams. I call it ideation intelligence. It is about action intelligence, uh, what we've just discussed, uh, equipping them to actually make things happen. Uh, and it's contextual intelligence. Some people also call it and include in that cultural intelligence to actually engage wisely with the context in which you operate, whether you're a local company, a national company, a global company. So the second category of investment or investment enabler, rather, is your leadership intelligence that you invest in. The third one is which we discussed earlier this year is leadership maturity, the maturity of people uh, to actually uh, act in the right manner with respect to 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 others, uh, and that is true wisdom. Being a wise person, uh, to know how to do things in a relevant, productive, and edifying manner, in relation in all four of those relations to self, others, organization, and context. And very often we have very mature leaders that act very immaturely. Uh, and in a toxic fashion. So maturity, investing in growing the maturity of your leaders to, to, to actually act beyond themselves for the greater good as stewards and a servant attitude. The fourth uh, one is ethics, which we refer to. Investing in, 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 uh, in, in le- Sorry, yep. just break in there because this is so important principles. Uh, in terms of the developing the leadership intelligence and leadership maturity, obviously what we all would like, you'd like to employ this very intelligent and this very mature leader. And yes, some people are endowed with far more when they start working. But the truth is, these are processes. If you don't, in line with previous discussions with you, Theo, if you don't evolve your people, if you don't trust them, you don't give them responsibility, if you don't allow team spirits to grow, then, um, because this kind of intelligence you're speaking about and maturity is also a great deal as a result of the interaction of, of real leadership responsibility, not so. Otherwise, you've got to feel it. And experience it, and be given the opportunity, and get to know get to know yourself and the people around you in the process. So that doesn't come just by telling people you must be intelligent and you must be mature. Not quite. Uh, you you were you right. You must create the situation, the context in we, which leaders are challenged in terms of and is are able to uh, challenged in the right way are able to grow their maturity and the intelligence, like giving them uh, challenging uh, stretch assignments uh, yeah, in a bigger context, in a new project, uh, uh, taking them in terms of maturity to handle very tricky 
interpersonal situations or to lead a, a diverse team and see how you can actually include the uh, uh, act in an inclusive manner by drawing all the different diversity whether it's by function gender color what into the situation to all make a contribution uh, to actually uh, build a a we instead of a, a a me agenda that you pursue which is a sign of maturity it's not about me in the situation it's about uh, us in the greater good of the organization, in the greater good of the community or our society. So you must create the, the conditions, the situations under which uh, people are challenged to grow uh, these um, maturity and intelligences, yes. And of course work, work enjoyment and is closely tied to the sense of personal growth and what you're saying is if we do that, people will grow and people will uh, learn from the mistakes, but won't be so dead scared to make any kind of a mistake as well. Um, but that maturity and intelligence is a wonderful thing if you feel it growing yourself. If not, then you will get frustrated and you will have a certain expectations unreasonable. You focus on things like entitlement. You focus on criticizing other people. All the negative attributes kick in as well if you're not given the culture or the climate to develop this as well. Um, Theo? Um, obviously, leadership I ethics. I can only yeah. but agree to yeah. what you comment here. Uh, leadership ethics as well, then? Ethics is also another investment enabler uh, where you actually equip leaders uh, to have a, pr a passion for the right, promoting ethical standards, setting the right example, give recognition and rewarding ethical conduct. It's what we refer to equipping leaders to, to be good, act in a good way and ensure the good. Uh, to have that strong moral conscience, that uh, strong moral compass and courage. Uh, uh, but you have to equip them for that. It's not going to happen by itself, uh, which you actually, in another referring to intelligence and maturity, referred to. Can I carry on with the last enabler? Please, Investment please. Enabler? No. Authenticity no. is helping leaders to, to, to understand how to act with a grounded genuineness that you truly feel you are relating to a true person here. There are no facades, there are no spin doctrine. You're dealing really with a true person, uh, so to speak, with all the shutters down. With uh, You are person to person. And, and the person that affirms, nurtures the dignity with or in efficacy of the persons that he interacts with. You know, a, a, a measure for me of an authentic leader is where a person has engaged with that leader, they always feel better afterwards. They may have been scolded, did the wrong thing here, you didn't follow directions, but it, you feel not still a person of worth. You don't feel run down by this leader. He's actually built you up in the process. That's authentic leadership. Very true. That's beautiful. Uh, Kevin, we're running out of time, aren't we? Yes. Um, Theo? We're running out of time. Uh, uh, when when Theo mentioned, though, you know, often mentions these key key uh, essences, which automatically we measure uh, good leaders by. Uh, but you always feel good when you leave the presence of a of an authentic leader. And quite frankly, and often it uh, may have been uh, around some sharp rebukes of certain actions. But on the whole, because you sense that grounded genuineness of the leader, you trust him and you go away feeling better. It's a good feeling as well. Theo? Yeah, and I mean, just very quickly, a single, can I add to that? This person also leaves you with a sense, I would like to be to this person. There's a sense of aspirational, uh, uh, aspirational uh, drive that you leave this person with. Not only feeling good, but aspirational, I would like to be this, like this person. Theo, can we just um, jump a little bit to, if you, um, um, how must uh, your return on leadership capital investment be assessed? I mean, uh, if I'm a top leader and I want to kind of assess my situation, uh, some guidelines quickly, if you don't mind. I think for me, the, the investment in your leadership capital, if it's right, if you've grown it right, you, the value you can place in the company, there's a high probability in this company that this company would realize its dreams um, because the 
right capital at the right level of the right quality is in place. Because leadership is about the future. And if your capital is right, you will be able to actualize that desirable shared future. I once sat with a top person and they wanted to start a new venture and they wanted to get my feelings on what they must do. But within five minutes, I could sense a positive momentum that this leader uh, had a clear vision and they were very much people oriented. And I told them, well, quite frankly, at this stage, I don't feel I'm going to make much of a contribution because you would feel that positive momentum about it and the integrity and the vibe of honesty there. And this was a good feeling. Suddenly, it, it wasn't so important to try and indicate all the mistakes they, could, they probably can make in the future. So that is a wonderful feeling to have that. There's a positive momentum about that. Um, I think, uh, Theo, in, in summary, um, if you just give some comments on closing out our discussion today. I think the single statement if you want to have a true assessment of the value of the company, its future uh, uh, readiness for the future, go and look at its leadership capital alongside the other physical, financial, and intellectual capital. Otherwise, you are flying blind. One small question, Theo. Your feeling, with a lot of experience out there, um, is this viable to expect people to do this? Can it be done? Can people um, shake off the so-called negative uh, indications in our society, etc.? Your feelings about the ability um, of organizations to do this? Uh, I think for the sake of the future, they must do it. It's not a kind of a choice. We must do it. And therefore, we have to open up the perspective, get them to buy into the concept of leadership capital, because our, our really our future is at stake here. Thank you. Thank you, Prof. That's Prof. Theo again. Um, the final session for the year will be a summary of this year, uh, giving some uh, some simple um, explanation possibly of all the sessions we've done this year together. And people, quite frankly, these sessions are the highest quality. If you want to think of doing a course in top-level leadership, um, authentic uh, uh, principles boy then go through all these sessions these podcast sessions we had with Professor Theo so once again Professor Theo H. Feltzman thank you so much for joining us on the Global Leadership Platform for all things leadership go to our website www.leadershipplatform.com and Theo thank you so much and look forward to our final session for the year coming up thank you for having me thank you once again a, a great honor and pleasure and thank you everybody for listening until next time goodbye this is cliffcentral.com